Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Packers Week 6 pregame preview. Sunday mornings now here on the Weekly Cheese. We're going to be doing the Packer pregame preview. And that's what we have going on right now as we're heading into Week 6 versus the Chicago Bears. The 4-1 Packers are taking on the 3-2 Chicago Bears. The Bears are coming off two wins, two straight wins against the Lions and the Raiders in Justin Fields' young career. And the Packers are coming off four straight wins last week, taking down the Cincinnati Bengals in an absolute crazy overtime finish. We went over that on the Monday edition of the Weekly Chase, the uh, Week 5 preview episode. But yeah, let's on the week preview, we're going to get into... The week to come, in this case, it's the week six matchup against the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about what the Packers got to do to secure the victory, the keys to victory, um, go over some of the Bears' strengths, weaknesses, how I envision the game going, predict the outcome, players to watch. I have Chris here with me today for the first pregame preview. He'll be coming at you all with his locks of the week to round out the show, uh, preview some of the other games going on around the NFL. Just get everyone out there ready for some Packers football on this fine Sunday morning. The winner of this game will be the number one seed in the NFC North. And so a lot at stake for the Packers on Sunday. But I do believe, ultimately, we will get it done. And it starts with running the ball. The Packers need to establish the run better than they have in the past couple weeks particularly on early downs against the Cincinnati Bengals last week. The Packers only rushed for two yards on nine first down attempts throughout the game. Um, it really was not the type of production the Packers are used to seeing from the running backs. And, and it all has to do with the Packers' offensive line. The Bears have a great defense, spearheaded by Khalil Mack and Hakeem Nix. They have a great defensive line, and they're going to come ready to play if they are healthy. It is important to note that Khalil Mack and Hakeem Nix were both on the injury report listed as questionable, but my guess is they will both be on the field come Sunday. So the Packers' offensive line needs to come ready to play. The Bears' defensive front is just as good, if not better, than all of the pass rushes the Packers have seen this year, which is saying a lot considering the Packers have gone up against some of the most ferocious pass rushes in the NFL in the first four weeks of the season, which include San Francisco and Pittsburgh. The, the, the Bengals' defensive line is good, too. So they've gone up against a lot of defenses, a lot of strong defenses, and this young and inexperienced Packers line has been able to compete with them. The Bears, however, are leading the NFL with 18 sacks on the season. Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn have combined for nine and a half sacks by themselves as a, as a rushing duo through the first five weeks of this season. Um, fortunately for the Packers' offensive line, we have reached the final week of the countdown to Bach. And on the last week of the countdown to Bach, Elton Jenkins will most likely 
be on the field come Sunday. He is listed as questionable as well, but all signs are showing that Elton Jenkins will be back on the field come Sunday. If he does not play, the Packers will be going with the, the lineup of Josh Nyman, John Runyon, Josh Myers, who is coming back from his finger injury, like we said on Monday. It was just a one-game hiatus for the man who suffered his first severe finger injury as a professional offensive lineman. So again, sh congratulations to Josh Myers. But it will be Nyman, Runyon, Myers, Crazy Man Newman, and Billy Turner. Um, Billy, Tur they, If they have to play together without Ellen Jenkins, they just need to continue the level of play they have sustained over the past three weeks. They've been very solid over the past three weeks. Aaron's had some pressure here and there, but overall the offensive line has a, done a good job at protecting him. And if Elton Jenkins is in fact sidelined once again, they're going to need to come to play. However, if Elton Jenkins does come back and suit up to play for the Packers on Sunday, it'll be very interesting to see what happens along that front five for the Packers. I mean, Yash not Ellen Jenkins started the season playing left tackle. Um, and when he went down, Yosh Nyman stepped in and took his place. Yosh has been playing some very solid football. In the 119 snaps that Yosh took as a pass blocker over the past couple weeks, he has only allowed two sacks and five pressures total, which is pretty good for a guy who is sitting at the bottom of the Packers' depth chart coming in to the 2021 season. Um, has he played well enough to perhaps earn the starting spot on Sunday? Maybe. Maybe he has, especially considering the fact that the Packers have been struggling to run the ball on first and second down, especially last week against the, the Bengals, who are a very strong defensive line. They, they were having trouble moving the ball, especially to the inside. That is primarily because John Runyon isn't the best run blocker at this point of his career. He's doing a very admirable job blocking for Aaron Rodgers and keeping him upright. But when it comes to generating push on the interior of the line, he was struggling, especially last week with Josh Myers' sideline and Lucas Patrick playing center. With Josh Myers' back, perhaps the Packers want to throw Elton Jenkins back at his primary position of left guard uh, generate some interior push for the run game and allow Yosh to continue his success at left tackle. It'll be interesting to see what happens on the Packers' offensive line. Whatever happens, I do believe the Packers will win the battle up front and, and suppress the Bears' pass rush as as well as they can. Um, if the If the line can protect Aaron Rodgers... He will, without a doubt, pick apart the Chicago Bears secondary. They may be first in pass rush and, and, and sacking the quarterback this season, but the Chicago Bears secondary is 28th overall in coverage. So if Aaron Rodgers has his time, it's he's going to have a field day against this, this Bears secondary. Devontae Adams is coming off his career high in yards, 206 against Cincinnati last week. So Chicago's game plan is going to be, obviously, to try to stop Devontae Adams, and if not stop him, limit him as much as they can to the best of their ability. Jalen Johnson, he's he's a young corner in the league, but he has shown that he is a solid man-to-man -man corner. And 
the Bears are going to rely on him to man up with Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't think they're going to isolate him and just mark Devontae Adams one-on-one. I don't think that's a recipe for success for any matchup that the, anyone could throw at Devontae Adams. I, he showed last year against Jalen Ramsey in the playoffs that he's unguardable in one-on-one situations, and he's proven that throughout the first five weeks of this season. So I doubt they isolate one-on-one Devontae Adams, but they're going to try to to see what Johnson can do against Devontae. Um, if the Chicago Bears do decide to throw a double coverage at Devontae Adams um, regularly, it's a perfect opportunity for these Packers receivers, these other options, to get going due to the fact that the, the Chicago secondary is struggling as a unit. 27th, 28th overall in the league is not good at all. And against Aaron Rodgers, if he's comfortable in the pocket, he's going to have a field day. So everything's going to open up. There's going to be options all around the field, especially if Chicago does try to double cover Devontae Adams. Someone's going to be open. Look for Randall Cobb to have several receptions. It'll be nice to see, especially with Elton Jenkins coming back, Robert Tanyan getting involved in the pass game a little more, uh, Alan Lazard getting targeted a little more. He's been kind of reserved in the pass game as well. So it'll be nice to see if the Packers maybe open up the playbook and start targeting other guys and throw the ball around. But if Devontae Adams is open, he will be targeted, and I smell another monstrous performance coming from the Aaron-Devontae combo that we love to highlight here on the Weekly Cheese. Just like how the Packers need to establish the run on their early downs, first and second down, be able to move the ball on the ground, on the defensive side of the ball, the Packers need to be able to stop the run on early downs and force Justin Fields to throw the ball. Uh, he's a young and mobile quarterback. Obviously, in years past, the Packers have had issues with quarterbacks that could use their feet to extend plays and uh, gain first downs. So they need to be able to contain him and, and keep him in the pocket and apply pressure. With that being said, 20% of the Packers' rushing yards this season have been given up to just simply quarterbacks scrambling out of the pocket, and they cannot allow fields to extend play uh, drives with his legs. They simply cannot. This Bears offense relies solely on their ability to run the ball. They are ninth overall as a rushing attack in the NFL, averaging 126 yards per game, but they have struggled mightily trying to throw the ball. They, they rank dead last in the league for passing yards a game with just 113 passing yards a game. If the Packers could force Justin Fields to throw from a collapsing pocket, I guarantee he will make mistakes. And that is why going into this game against the Chicago Bears, the weekly cheese player to watch is none other than Kenny Clark. Okay, that is also the reason why I'm sporting this dirty and old B.J. Raji jersey. This B.J. Raji jersey is from 2009, and I'm sporting it with pride due to the fact that he, Kenny Clark is this week's player to watch. Kenny Clark has been an absolute monster this season. Unlike the past couple years where it has taken Kenny a game or two or three to really get going and get some momentum. He has started this season like a man on a mission. He has been absolutely dominant at the line of scrimmage to start this year. 
And when he dominates the opposing center and guard the way he has been, he stops the run. He, he makes things tough for opposing offenses. He, he continues to get quarterback pressure this season. According to Pro Football Focus, Kenny Clark has 16 pressures in the first five games of the year. Uh, unfortunately, those 16 pressures have emerged to only one sack. But that could all change come Sunday. Kenny Clark could easily get his hands on Justin Fields a couple times this week. Um, ja James Daniels is the Bears guard. And if Kenny Clark can just somehow find that guy on every single play, he could get into the backfield, I believe, whenever he wants. Daniels has is been the worst on the Bears' offensive line this season in terms of pass coverage. He's allowed 10 pressures this year single-handedly, which is the worst amongst the Bears' entire offensive line. So it's important to keep an eye on Kenny Clark and his matchup with Daniels, as I do believe he is going to absolutely dominate James Daniels. Last uh, Earlier this week on Monday's edition of the Weekly Cheese, I, I commented on how Kenny Clark, um, for all intensive purposes and lack of a better word, put his hands on the Chicago Bears center and made him look like a bitch. I said that on the Weekly Cheese. I didn't want to, but I felt I had to due to the fact it was just my observation. He, he totally manhandled the opposing center. Um, and I think if he gets his hands on Daniels, we're going to be seeing a similar thing. So Kenny Clark, player to watch going into Sunday's matchup with the Chicago Bears. And if Kenny is able to apply pressure from the interior and Preston and, uh, Preston and Rashawn Gary can get after Justin Fields from the, from the, edges and really make Justin Fields uncomfortable because the, the Bears offensive line as a whole has not been great this season. They've allowed 18 sacks as an offensive line on the year. If, if the Packers could get after Justin Fields, it's going to be, without a doubt, the Packers will win the turnover battle. And that is an area that obviously every single week plays a huge factor in wins and losses. In the Matt LaFleur era, the Green Bay Packers are 23-0 overall and 4-0 against the Chicago Bears when winning the turnover battle. Week 1, the Packers lost the turnover battle 3-0, and obviously that was an entire debacle of a performance. We know what happened week 1. But since that time, the Packers have 8 turnovers and have only turned the ball over twice there have an eight to two turnover ratio and they've won the last four games um obviously it goes without saying turnover battle is always an important thing to keep an eye on and if and when the packers win the turnover battle on sunday it will allow them to dominate the chicago bears and it starts with getting after justin fields and making him forcing him into scenarios where he needs to make a decision where the pocket's collapsing and he needs to Try to make a play with his arm. The Packers need to capitalize on those situations and pick him off just like they have over the past four weeks. Over the past four weeks, the Packers are averaging two turnovers a game. And if that continues, the Packers, they will win these games regardless of how the defense plays as a whole, particularly in situational football. This season, in the red zone, 
the Packers have been absolutely atrocious on both ends of the football, offensively and defensively. They have been horrible in the red zone. The offense has failed to convert touchdowns on nine trips to the red zone this season. They rank 27th in the league, which, if you ask me, is absolutely unacceptable. Aaron kind of pointed to that in this week's presser, in his press this week. He, he spoke on how bad the Packers have been on third down and in the red zone, particularly in the red zone, where last season the Packers only kicked a field goal 12 times in the red zone on the entire season. This year, they've they've kicked nine field goals when in the red zone. They need to clean that up. It's very uncharacteristic for this Packers squad, and uh, they really need to clean it up in the red zone on, on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, the Packers just need to stop a team in the red zone once. If they stop a team once in the red zone, it'll be an improvement because this season the Packers have given up 13 touchdowns in 13 trips in the red zone. They've been backed up 13 times, and they've given up a touchdown every single time an opposing team gets the ball in the red zone. They need to, they need to clean it up in situational football. The same can be said for third down situations. They rank 11th on offense and 27th on defense. 27th for third down on defense and 27th for third uh, for red zone defense. It's not good. It needs to be cleaned up. And on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, it's a perfect opportunity to clean these things up considering the Bears are a struggling offense with a rookie quarterback. There should be no excuse for the for the, them just walking the ball in the, in the end zone. It can't happen. The Packers cannot get into a situation where they are trading field goals for touchdowns. The Bears' defense has been absolutely spectacular this season in the red zone. They're third overall. They're giving up a touchdown just 37% of the time. And these red zone situations are going to be the name of the game. If the Packers are settling for field goals on the offensive side of the ball and allowing touchdowns every single time the Bears get the ball in the red zone, they could find themselves in a shootout, and at that point, who knows what the outcome will be. And that cannot be the case. It is the NFC North matchup against the Chicago Bears for the sole ownership of first in the NFC North. And I think the Packers will clean up their act in situational football. Bears, obviously, they're starting Justin Fields. He's their guy. And the Packers are going up against a rookie quarterback for the first time this season. He's manning one of the worst offenses in the league. And this provides the Packers defense with a tremendous opportunity to put together a complete game, despite being very thin in their secondary. It has been confirmed that Kevin King will be sidelined yet again. Uh, he got stomped on. Joe Mixon just barreled over him, jumped, kind of just stepped on him a little bit, sidelined him for the remainder of the Bengals game last week, and he will not return. And Rasul Douglas will be active for the game. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure Yadam will be starting the game, and Rasul will be cycled in as they deem necessary. Who knows how ready he is to go. Um, 
Same with Jalen Smith. Uh, it is said that Jalen Smith, who knows if he's going to be playing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets some action as a linebacker for this Packers defense. But going up against this Bears offense that has struggled so mightily this season to move the ball down the field and put together scoring drives, uh, it's a good opportunity for the Packers defense to gain some confidence. And they should have absolutely no issue getting after Justin Fields. Like I said, if the pass rush is there and they're making Justin Fields uncomfortable in that pocket, they're going to tur turn them over, the Packers are going to turn momentum, and they're going to take control of that game early. Offensively, I believe the Packers will come ready to play. Uh, if Elton Jenkins does, in fact, suit up, the offensive line is just going to be playing at another level, and they're going to handle Khalil Mack. They're used to matching up with them. This is a young group, but they've proven thus far this season that they're ready for the challenge. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to challenge Chicago's struggling secondary. And I think the Packers get away with the win. 27-14 is my final prediction. I think the Packers win handedly, take sole ownership over of the NFC North, and we move in to the follow we move into week 7 5 and 1 that'll do it for the rundown before we go i'm going to send it over to chris uh, who'll be in the in the corner over there and he's going to he's going to give you the locks of the week so yeah i'm going to send this mic over let me detach my headset here and i'm going to send this mic over to chris's chris in the corner we're going to send it to Chris in the corner for the locks of the week. All right, what's up, Cheeseheads? Let's make some money this week. What do you say? I think the board was rather ugly this week. Nothing jumped out too crazy, but I have some picks I like, and I'm going to parlay them as well. Let's go. So the first one, we got Cardinals plus three and a half at the Browns. Everybody likes the Browns in this game. I think the Browns are good. I think they're building a lot of momentum, but so are the Cardinals. I mean, they're undefeated. Quick stat for you, the Browns, they've lost 10 of the last 11 games against NFC West opponents. They just happened to be playing an NFC West opponent this week. Not a big deal. The Browns don't have Chubb. Hunt is going off, but... No one-two punch, that'll be felt. I mean, Hunt's going to get exhausted. He's not used to playing the entire game. I don't even know who the third guy is in that rotation, if they even have a third guy. I like the Cardinals. I think the Browns have a stretch of games after this. I think they'll get right. They have the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. I think they'll win all of those, probably, and then people will start talking about how legit the Browns are. Next, we got the Chargers, plus two and a half at the Ravens. I'm not a Chargers fan. I'm a big Chargers guy, though. I think Herbert's great. The Chargers' run defense sucks. They've been atrocious, but the Ravens have been looking to pass more. I think the Chargers will be able to contain them on the ground, but even if they can't, they can score at will. I think they'll just outscore the Ravens, and it'll be a great game, but I think the, the Chargers take that home. I can't believe they're plus two and a half. Next, we got the Packers minus five and a half, baby. Joe, I said before I like the Packers minus five and a half. I didn't even see the line, but they're at Soldier. Aaron loves playing at Soldier. The Packers are pretty damn good at Soldier. Quick stat for you again. Aaron with two more passes, obviously three, he breaks the record. Two more passes, he ties Brett Favre's record of 25 TD passes at Soldier Field. You know he's going to want to break that record. He's not really a look-at-me guy, but you know he wants that record. 
three passes. So, I mean, if you want to put the prop, I would go Aaron Rodgers over two and a half touchdown passes. Three gets him the record. Well, two ties the record. Three gets him the record. Last but not least, well, two more picks. I got the Bills minus five and a half. This is kind of an easy pick, but it adds to the parlay. Uh, unfairly, I just don't think the Titans are that good this year. Derrick Henry's an animal, but the Bills are as complete as it gets right now. I think it's a business trip for them, honestly. And then this isn't my lock. This is just a little money line sprinkle, but the Lions will not lose all of their games this year. I think the the Bengals, they can tie anybody. I don't know how if they're going to go up to Detroit and blow them out, but I, I like the Lions' money line, baby. We saw Dan Campbell cry last week. I don't think the team wants to see him cry again this week. I think the team likes him. I don't think they want him fired. I don't think he'll get fired, but Lions' money line. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Pack. Very, very nice there by Chris. That was... That was a tremendous performance. You heard him. Packers minus five and a half. Easy. Packers are going to just destroy the Chicago Bears as per usual. And to get all the cheeseheads out there ready for this matchup against the Chicago Bears, I'm going to close out the show with everyone's favorite Bears Week song, and that is The Bears Still Suck. Enjoy the song. Enjoy the game. I'll talk to you all on Monday for the recap. Until then, remember, the cheese stands alone. Go Pack Go, everyone. Talk to you after the game. How many times must we take this disgrace? Another Bears fan throwing insults in our face. The Packers are the greatest team to ever play the game. Even if from time to time they've been a little lame How could you ever love a team with Jim McMahon? Not even Porky Pig was as big a ham They got a reputation that's mostly based on luck The Bears still suck 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 They really, 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 really suck Soldier Field, they make you pay a toll. For cripes sake, they only won one lousy Super Bowl. They make fun of Wisconsin, but we don't get upset. Where do you think that they're all headed every chance they get? We don't really hold a grudge, cause this is all in fun. As far as football rivalries, we're both number one. Still, we wouldn't mind seeing Ditka run over by a truck, cause the Bears still suck. The bears still suck, the bears still suck, the bears still suck, the bears still suck. They really, 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 really suck. Yes, the bears still suck. All the ladies now. Suck. The bears still suck. The bears still suck.